0: Welcome to the Daily DDT podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. Samoa Joe and others released by the WWE I'm Jaden Becker and this is the Daily DDT Podcast you can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive lunch break or whenever you need your wrestling fix make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode and remember you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast if you like content like this check out our writers at dailyddt.com and if you want to hear more from me give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Jaden TV. last night was Impact Wrestling but before we get into that let's check out our news WWE cleans house WWE has come to terms with Billy Kay Mickey James Wesley Blake Tucker Chelsea Green Kalisto Samoa Joe Bo Dallas Peyton Royce and Mojo Rawley hopefully this is the end of the line for releases from the WWE another sad day in pro wrestling in yesterday's episode of the daily DDT podcast I gave you what happened on this day last year on April 15th last year and I talked about uh, where all the talent that was released then uh, are now. And now it looks like I'm gonna have to make that same episode this time next year, uh, given uh, that the mass release here and uh, almost is exactly to the day. So obviously intentional. Uh, really, really surprising to see, especially a couple names on this list: Samoa Joe, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, and all these names on this list are pretty surprising to see. Uh, just be cut away so so quickly and so swiftly by the WWE. Uh, may everyone here at the dailyDDt.com uh, and fansided and the Daily DDT podcast wish the best of luck to all who were released yesterday. NXT and AEW ratings for the first shows all alone for uh, NXT and AEW, respectively. Uh, rarely do I talk about ratings because you could find them yourself, but these ratings are momentous Giving now the Wednesday Night Wars are over and these to- two shows are standing alone, uh, NXT on Tuesday nights and AEW on Wednesday nights. So NXT on the USA Network drew 805,000 viewers Uh, this is nxt's biggest audience since october 28th which was the halloween havoc show that drew 876,000 viewers nxt tied for eight on cable top 150 this week with a 0.22 rating in the 18 to 49 key demographic and now aew dynamite netted 1.2 million viewers For a 0.44 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic, there's a huge surge, about 530,000 viewers up from the prior week. And a spike up from last week's 0.28 demo rating between 18 and 49. Uh, Literally, AEW moving from 5th to 2nd place in the demo rating for one night. And almost doubling in viewership in one night. All alone on TNT on Wednesdays. Can you believe it? My head is spinning right now. Absolutely spinning. This is what I I was expecting from NXT. To make a big jump like this. And NXT, yes, they made a jump. uh, Not a jump that a lot of people expected. uh, At least what I expected for it to go up and possibly touch a million. Uh, AEW easily, easily broke a million on its first night alone on TNT. And is this because people have their Wednesday nights freed up usually to watch pro wrestling, NXT, and AEW, and AEW uh, gaining uh, the continued viewership of people that watch consistently on Wednesday nights and can't watch Tuesday nights because they have class or something like that? Because I know I have class on Tuesday nights, so making things a little bit more difficult to give the rating to NXT, and uh, but Wednesday nights I'm completely I have I have that free spot to watch pro wrestling, and uh, for now AEW getting my rating there. It's it's absolutely insane to see them not only break a million but to easily break a million moving to 1.2 uh monday night raw and smackdown should be shaking in their boots as nxt has been kicked to the wayside over to tuesday nights uh monday night raw should be very scared of AEW if their ratings go up any higher than they are right now uh if we see a change of the guard there when it comes to ratings king raw or uh aw dynamite that could be Something very, very special in the world of professional wrestling that we're living through. Now let's head over to Impact Wrestling. TJP versus Josh Alexander to start off the show. Good back and forth and great mat wrestling from both, especially TJP. Action falls outside. These two extremely uh, evenly matched in this one. uh, And it's pretty surprising to see uh, with the mat wrestling, as I just mentioned, that TJP was holding his own. Alexander using an ankle lock to his advantage, going for it multiple times throughout this match. Alexander reverse mamba splash into another ankle lock. Alexander connects with a uh, divine intervention to pick up the win. A fantastic match. Impact has been doing a fantastic job with their openers uh, throughout the, the past few months whenever they open a show they do it the right way they usually use the X division uh, to, or the mid card if you will to open these shows and they open these shows really really strong and one thing that Impact needs to continue to work on is their main event and their main event scene because after Kenny Omega leaves and or you know after Kenny Omega is going to be holding this Impact Championship after that happens what's next you know for Impact uh, obviously this mid card is really really stacked I just have questions moving forward what's going to be next for the, the rest of uh, the main event uh, if this mid-card continues to to uh, stay as the mid-card and not move over to the main event. In our next match, Carl Anderson versus Crazy Steve. A unique matchup to say the least. Crazy Steve surprising Anderson early on. Steve dominant surprising uh, through most of the matches. I keep on saying because uh, throughout watching this match is was writing my notes. I'm like, wow, Crazy Steve really giving his own to uh, Carl Anderson. Uh, Luke Gallows distracts on the outside allowing for Anderson to to regain the advantage with a spine buster, giving Anderson the win. Uh, Anderson obviously going to pick up the win here. I'd be very surprised if Crazy Steve won this whole thing, but Steve definitely put on a good performance, and that's what I'm talking about. You're giving this opportunity, Crazy Steve, to step up to the plate against Carl Anderson, a well-respected name around professional wrestling, and he makes his mark. So good for Crazy Steve to put on a good match, but uh, Carl Anderson obviously going to pick up the victory there. Eddie Edwards and Willie Mack with a promo talking about their loss at Hardcore Justice. Uh, I haven't watched all of Hardcore Justice yet. I've watched bits and pieces of it a lot of highlights. And mostly because they put on Hardcore Justice uh, on the same day as WrestleMania. Not at the same time. Thankfully Impact is smarter than that. But on the same day. And uh, WrestleMania Day is WrestleMania Day. I'm watching WrestleMania. I'm not going to watch anything else. I, I, I've said that multiple times. And you know, put it on the same day. It is, you know, I'm, I'm not going to watch Hardcore Justice. I'm sorry. I already spent $10 on Peacock. I'm not going to spend another $10 on uh, Hardcore Justice, however much it costs. Uh, they call out Violent by Design in defense of Tommy Dreamer. Violent by Design enters proud of what uh well, what they did at uh, Hardcore Justice attacking Tommy Dreamer. Violent by Design goes for an attack, but Saban and Storm even out the score, making it a 4-on-4. And now a 4-on-4 match is set for Rebellion with Eddie Edwards, Willie Mack, uh, Sabin and Storm taking on Violent by Design. Good matchup. I wonder where uh, Eric Young gets his knee injury at one of these matches at some point or if, even if it wasn't a match because all these are pre-recorded shows from Impact. They're all canned and uh, still waiting for him to, to to see where that injury comes from. Is that a Rebellion? Is it after Rebellion? And it's supposed to be six to nine months after the injury so he's injured right now so he's going to be off TV for longer than, than, than that if it seems... Uh, evenly so, given what his injury, injury is at now. So, he's going to be even injured longer given these uh, are canned shows. So, uh, a little surprising to see that, uh, the, you know, he hasn't been injured yet. Because I'm, I'm trying to figure out how far in advance are these impact shows taped. Because you would soon be taped early in the week. Or maybe it's taped three weeks in advance. That, that That's something I'm trying to run through my head. Jake Something versus Brian Myers in a pick your poison match. Uh Jake Something was picked by Matt Cardona to face Brian Myers. Something uh doesn't do a great job in this match, honestly. He's strong early on, but uh, and he has a decent performance early. But the roster cut gives Myers the quick win in this one. In the next match of the picker poison, where Brian Myers gets to pick the opponent for Matt Cardona, Sammy Callahan is picked as the opponent. Uh, Callahan attacks Cardona prior to the match. Callahan brawls with Cardona on the outside through the commercial break. Action falls outside with Cardona being dumped over the top rope after being over aggressive. Callahan sitting. Uh, excuse me, biting on the hands of uh, Cardona to get the uh, out of the suplex maneuver that Cardona was trying to execute on the outside onto a steel chair. Finishers reversed by each. Callahan uses the ref as a distraction and a package pile driver gives Callahan the surprising win over Matt Cardona. So going with a loss into rebellion. Uh, Pretty surprising to see there to say the least given the fact that, you know, Cardona is in a a reasonable feud with Brian Myers. Sammy Callahan in a feud of his own with Trey Miguel, which we see in a post-match promo with Callahan calling out Trey Miguel. So you give Callahan the... The um, victory here, hyping up Miguel, but then you're sort of crushing Cardona here and his, his feud with Myers, but making Cardona look that much stronger than Myers. Ah, was it called stronger, or, or you're bearing Myers there, given that he got the loss? Cardona did, and Myers got the win. So are you bearing Myers there if he picks up the loss? It has to be a, some a, a tricky ending, if you will. Uh, g- McCallahan calls out Trey Miguel, still believes that uh, working together will be the best next step for both of them. Uh, Callahan offers his hand to Trey Miguel, but Miguel denies emphatically. Callahan says that he was one of the reasons why Miguel was on the hardcore justice card in the first place by Callahan admitting himself that he was the one that attacked Dreamer instead of violent by design. Uh, Trey Miguel attacks but n- to no avail as Callahan drops Miguel onto a opened steel chair in a nasty spot. Uh, that match between Cardona and Sammy Callahan was the main event match as the main segment match. Was a press conference between Rich Swan and Kenny Omega. But looking back on the Callahan stuff, uh, the the storyline with Miguel has been really, really good. Uh, it's been worked through a, a decent amount, and Callahan continually to talk about the passion that doesn't run through the blood of Trey Miguel any longer. He lost the saying that Miguel has lost the passion for the big business. With Miguel's return to Impact Wrestling, this is a perfect way to rebuild him up, proving that he does have the passion for this business and he does have the passion for pro wrestling. Being able to defeat Sammy. Callahan down the line hopefully at Rebellion so uh it'll be fantastic to see that match and uh, between Cardona and Brian Myers if Cardona wins here it's gonna make Brian Myers look pretty weak and does it make Cardona stronger yeah it does but it also drops Myers if Cardona won this match here and then went on to face Brian Myers then whoever was the victor would gain all the spoils and the person that lost wouldn't have looked as weak as they would look if um if uh, the, the, they were to win both of these matches here, or, or one would win, one would lose. And, uh, you know, if for Myers to win, let's say, at, at, at a Rebellion, then that just makes Cardona look real, real weak and real sad. Real, real sad case there for, for Matt Cardona coming over to Impact and just getting it handed to him. Moving on to our main segment, Rich Swan and Kenny Omega with a press conference. Tony Khan there, AEW president. And uh, Tony Khan believes that Omega will win at Rebellion and make all the commitments of both champions. And if Rich Swan is the winner as well. Tony Khan said that. Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, Scott DeMora said that. Uh, that Rich Swan will be able to fulfill. Both the roles of both champions. Both the AEW and Impact Champion. But I think it's almost uh, a perfect bet. If you bet Kenny Omega to win this match if not it's going to end you know in a fluky finish when no one is going to be the winner but but I, i'd say that but both said during the past conference that uh Damore and khan promised a definitive winner of this match so let's hope they go by their word there and if it was Damore saying it i don't know how much i would feel but if khan saying it uh, I might feel a little bit more, nothing against Demore, but Tony Khan, you know, he's putting, you know, Damore's an on on-air talent, Tony Khan is the president of AEW, so with Khan saying it makes me feel more assured that there's going to be a definitive winner here, someone's going to walk away with both belts, with uh, someone, I mean, uh, Kenny Omega's going to walk away with both belts here, and uh, be both Impact and AEW world champion. Omega finally enters the pest conference fashionably late with Don Callis. After being asked a provocative question, Don Callis takes over the press conference himself. Omega cuts a focused and beautiful promo on Swan, believing his name, uh, well Swan's name will be a blurb in the history books when Omega wins both the AEW and Impact championships at uh, Rebellion and. Uh, being Rich Swan's name is being the person that would lose that match, being the small blurb as the, the loser. Omega slaps Swan across the face in the two brawl as the show comes to an end. I love press conference segments and being done right, just like how this one was, was really, really awesome to see. I enjoy watching Kenny Omega as much as I can, especially when he's in the ring. But uh, I talked about him cutting uh, bad promos sometimes, Kenny Omega. i talked about it uh, in the past. And when he's not focused, when he just goes off the rails and it's a, more of a rambling on than it is a promo segment in this one Kenny Omega was as focused as focus could be he was directly into that microphone directly into that camera and into the hard camera the press conference and and directly to Rich Swann as well a very focused and when he's on and when he's focused on what he wants to say and when he has his points ready in his head it's not just rambling on hours and hours it seems like on uh, AEW sometimes or even Impact he did that one segment with Don Callis where those two were in the ring seemingly forever in in a terrible segment uh, when he's ready that that was beautiful absolutely beautiful Kenny Omega has the right stuff for it it's just you need to see it more often uh, Rich Swan didn't do a lot of talking in this press conference segment and you know deservingly so Kenny Omega is the star here it's just a little bit of a shame given that Rich Swan is the one that you know it, it, this is impact show it's not Kenny Omega's show but I, I feel like if Rich Swan did a little bit more talking but he is being himself as well he's not really the, the best of speaker either Rich Swann he's not the best promo artist either so uh, I think better off keeping him off the microphone and keeping him in the ring would be the best bet. Giving this show a C+, enjoy seeing Kenny Omega on it. I continue to say after Kenny Omega is done with his run with a, it, the Impact Wrestling, what's going to be next for Impact? Are they going to be able to develop their own stars once again for their main event scene? And now with all these free agents for the WWE after the mass release, we're going to talk about in our next block what's going to be next for all these pro wrestlers. Where will they end up? Where are they going to be able to find themselves uh, in the coming months and after the 90-day no-compete clause? And uh, what's going to be next for them? So stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history is brought to you by Earth Eco Foods. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy a rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you're doing something good for your body. Earth Eco Food starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits, then blended by turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you have ever have. The result fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, It is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For up to 15% off, please visit EarthEcoFoods.com slash MinuteMedia and use the code MINUTE15. That is MINUTE15, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. Reach your full potential, inspired by nature, with Earth Eco Foods. On April 16th, 2007, on an episode of Raw from Milan, Italy, Anthony Sorelli makes his WWE debut, debuting as wrestling fan Santino Morella. He was handpicked by Vince McMahon to be the opponent for then-WWE Intercontinental Champion Umaga. And one of the biggest upsets in WWE history, Santino actually wins the Intercontinental Championship. And okay, it was a no disqualification match with Bobby Lashley, who was in a rivalry with Umaga at the time. And obviously Bobby Lashley coming in and doing a lot of the work there to help Santino Morella pick up the win. But Santino Morella... ...a fan who was picked out of the crowd... ...given the storyline... ...won a WWE Championship... ...and the Intercontinental Championship at that... ...in his debut match... ...I hope this lightens up the mood... ...for what I'm going to talk about next... ...and that is the... uh, ...what has been dubbed the Spring Cleaning... ...of the WWE... ...and it seems last year on April 15th... ...they did the same exact thing... ...to the exact day as Black Wednesday last year... ...WWE made the same decision to release talent... ...it might be fair to argue... That last year's was worse. Given that it was more people. And it was during the start of the global pandemic. But either way. It's a shame to see uh, talent be released. In any way shape or form. Especially you know. It's about to be the start of summer. You're about to get the big push you're looking for. It's summertime. It's all excited. And uh, now it's completely taken to the wayside. And a lot of these pro wrestlers are going to have to find a new opportunity. I'm not going to argue whether or not these talents should have been kept. Because at the end of the day. They've been released. So arguing that is just beating a dead horse at this point I'm going to argue and I'm going to be taking the points to talk about what's possibly next for this group of now free agents into the pro wrestling world and I think it might be a better way to you know spin it and look at it in, in a fun light now they're free agents now they're able to roam wherever they want to go where they're going to be able to find the best opportunity obviously with a stable WWE job if you want to call that stable, but with a WWE job that's broadcasting for a national audience, that that's probably the pinnacle of where you want to be. But at the same time, now you're a free agent, you get to roam wherever you want to and go back to your roots, go back to try to develop your character better. Uh, there's multiple ways you could spin this in a better light for a lot of these talent that have been released. But uh, let, let's start off in a place where I feel comfortable talking about Two stars that I think need to be paired together for the rest of their career because they're so fantastic together. The Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, uh, at one point was the Iconics and. Then split up by the WWE uh, to have their own individual singles runs, both failed singles runs. And you would think, huh? You know, they, these two together, uh, these two uh, split away in a singles run, isn't really that good. But they were fantastic, one of the best tag teams in WWE uh, history, male or female. I, I might be fair to argue that, at least on the microphone, uh, in, in the women's division side of things, so, at least to say the least. Uh, Billy Kane, Peyton Royce, um, they, uh, together they're fantastic, you know, on the microphone. But split them apart, they're not that good. Might as well put them together again. Nope just fire them straight up so uh aw for the love of gosh uh, i beg i beg i talk about patching up a women's division uh with aw this can do it right right here but i'm not sure it would be uh quite con style to say the least even though kay and royce were phenomenal together on the mics uh, i'm not sure if that is valued as much As what they they can do in the ring for AEW. If anything, Impact can use some great help in their knockouts women's division as well. Uh, Using these two in any women's division is a step in the right direction. uh, As long as they're added together as a team and not as singles competitors. Because as a team, they are absolutely perfect. Perfect is, I think, the best way to describe them because they're great in-ring in a sense where they're able to take the, every bump that they need to take. They're willing to take losses if they have to take losses because we've seen that in the WWE. And on the microphone, they're able to keep themselves relevant nonstop, both on national syndicated television and also on social media. Every time they're on social media and they do a, talk, a Raw Talk segment or anything like that, I have to watch. I have to watch because Billy Kay is just next level on the microphone and paired with Peyton Royce, it's absolutely Perfect. So wherever they go, I need to see them together as a team, either AEW or Impact. I think that they're two perfect landing spots for both of them. And I'm not going to give AEW and impact to every person I talk about here. I'm going to give some different places as well. I think AEW and Impact are reserved for the specialties of the world. And I think Billy Kane, Pitt, and Royce are specialties. I think they're a fantastic women's tag team that needs to be cherished. Moving on, Mickey James. James has been everywhere throughout her wrestling career, so I'm sure there are options, but I don't think we're going to see much of her anywhere else. James was and is heading to the back end of her pro wrestling career. It is a shame that this expedites the process, but if anything, we could see her, could see her find a home on Impact, given that she was a knockouts champion on Impact. I'm just, you know, sometimes you have to look at the past to predict the future. So, we could find her a home on Impact, or she could work commentary for other promotions as she was doing recently for the WWE prior to her release on Main event. So. uh, I'm not calling her retirement out right here. I'm not saying that. But she was headed towards the back end of her career. At this point. She did have a WWE championship opportunity. A WWE Raw Women's Championship opportunity. Against Oscar at one point. So. I believe that's a high point for her. in her career. As well. Especially towards the back end of it. At least have one more shot. And she did get that. So. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if, if this is the end of her pro wrestling career as a whole. She could find some more wrestling work at Impact because they can always use more more females there for uh, their women's division. But uh, I, I, we could be coming to the end of Mickey James' career. Wesley Blake we haven't seen Blake anywhere else other than the WWE so I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the independent circuit for a bit before he makes a big splash possibly again in uh, Japan with the Dory Funk connection that he has and that's who he was trained by uh, shame he's one t- he's the one to get the boot given that he was the one off TV for no reason of his own for no fault of his own I should say I don't really want to comment more on it, but Jackson Riker is still running storylines even though he's the direct reason for Steve Cutler's TV time being cut and then his eventual release in early February for other reasons, COVID related reasons, but for Steve Cutler's time being cut from TV and now for Wesley Blake's release. So the person that caused Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake to be off TV is still on TV. And both of them are now out of the WWE Jackson Riker. With his uh, Trump-supporting comments, uh, that didn't affect the locker room very well. That didn't take to the locker room very well for the WWE. So, uh, he's still on WWE television. Meanwhile, the other two that he was paired with in the Forgotten Sons are now gone from the WWE, which is uh, mind-boggling, to say the least, how the person that was at fault is still with the company and the two that were not have been officially gone. Wow, I'm still mind boggled Tucker, poor Tucker. What could have been... Uh, After being split away from Otis, his creative direction went straight into the ground. Much like Blake, Tucker has only been known for his time with the WWE. Tucker, however, does have a solid amateur wrestling background as uh, an NCAA All-American. Does that help? Sure. Uh, I just can't name a place where I can see him fitting in that well yet in a major sense of the word. I hate to say it, but I I can't see him going anywhere super-duper major. Ring of Honor could be a possibility given his amateur background, given that he, he has the ability to work these great matches, uh, given his amateurness uh, of what he was able to do as an All-American with the NCAA. So Ring of Honor could be a spot to go. But if not that, then we're talking some independent circuits. And but that's, I think independent circuit is not a bad thing. It's just for a lot of these guys that have just been built up through the WWE because of their either collegiate talent or if of they're off the field, off the out of the ring prowess in uh, professional football or anything, something like that. Finding their way to the WWE directly from there. You have to work some independent matches to make your way into somewhere other major other than the WWE. Because you were hand-picked and hand-groomed to work as a WWE star. Moving on, Chelsea Green. Impact should be on the phone as we speak. Green can go back to her Laurel Van Ness gimmick, possibly uh I think that will work out great for her as that is what the the gimmick that won her the knockouts championship or possibly stand side by side with her husband Matt Cardona, who's an impact at the moment. Either way, uh, Impact is my guess as all signs point in that direction. Her husband's there. Her best former gimmick is there. She's even involved into a new, uh, a new gimmick. Chelsea Green was considered a fantastic talent in NXT. You saw what they were able to do with Diana Perrazzo. I think Impact will be able to do the same thing with Chelsea Green. Once again, bringing back her old gimmick. Uh, I, if anything is almost, I wouldn't call it a certainty, but if anything has a lot of signs pointing in the right direction, you know, you have, you have everything there in Impact. Your, your past, your present with your husband been in the possible future as well uh, with, with how you succeeded with the WWE I think uh, Chelsea Green could find her way to impact once again Moving on, Kalisto, before WWE, Kalisto did spend some time in AAA and Dragon Gate, always an option, but MLW has slowly become a home for luchadors along with their pairing with AAA, Kalisto is talented enough to go anywhere in ring, the question is where on the card does he want to stand, I think Kalisto has a shot to making it to AEW funny enough, I think he has a shot to making it to Impact as well. I see no problem in that because in ring, he has the talent. It's just where does he want to stand on the card? In MLW, I feel like he could stand head and shoulders above a lot of people. But on AEW, he's going to be way behind. In Impact, he could stand somewhere in the mid card, which is not a bad thing because the mid card for Impact is pretty good. But uh, if if you want to stand pretty high up on the card for a legitimate uh, uh, major company, I think MLW or AAA would be the best place for Kalis to go back to. Moving on, Bo Dallas. Uh, You might look at me like I'm crazy here, but I'm going to give it a month or two, and I think Bo Dallas will be back under a WWE contract. Too many family ties there for Bo Dallas, and the Rotunda family, obviously. His dad, IRS, Mike Rotunda, and his uh, brother, uh, Bray Wyatt, there right now in the WWE also, you know, Rotunda family. I think he might come back as an agent down the road. I don't think his time in the WWE is quite over yet I think we might still be able to see Bo Dallas in the WWE in a WWE contract whether that is an on-screen role whether that is an agent or producer role backstage I think there's too many family ties and if it's one thing we know about the WWE they respect their family ties very very well uh, unless something crazy happens, you know, unless Cody Rhodes decides to start his own professional wrestling brand in AEW, <laughs> so uh, other than that, uh, you know, family ties are respected, and I think Bo Dallas both find his way back at some point, maybe not to the extent uh, to where he was a few years back, and hopefully not to the extent that where he was recently, where he just wasn't on TV. But I think he'll be back underneath the WWE banner. Mojo Rawley. Uh, If Gronk comes back to the WWE, you can use Mojo Rawley again there as well. But uh, once again, uh, Mojo, I think he's going to, much like how uh, we talked about Tucker, he spent all of his time in the WWE straight from the NFL as a defensive lineman with the Packers and the Cardinals. Now going to have to work the independent circuit if he wants to land anywhere major. If not, I think this is the end of Mojo Rawley's professional wrestling career, to be honest with you. Uh, But if he can continue going down the route of the independent circuit and working his way up, He's he's good. He's he's he'll be he'll be solid on the independent circuit. But if if not, if he's just uh, this could be the it for Mojo Riley, But if Gronk comes back, yeah, Mojo Mojo comes back as well, because uh, you know there's no Gronk without no Mojo. Could give him the NFL ties there. Alright, the moment y'all been waiting waiting for, I saved this for the end so you'll listen all the way through so you hear my Samoa Joe thoughts, but Samoa Joe, uh, for Samoa Joe, he obviously has the talent to end up anywhere, and when I say anywhere, we're talking about New Japan, we're talking about AEW, and we're also talking about Impact, the whole shebang, I've heard some people on Twitter, they say they want to see Joe on MLW, they want to see Joe back on Ring of Honor, we don't need Joe taking steps back here. We need him to take steps forward, or at least steps in in a similar direction. Because if WWE is the top, and some people argue not, and I'd be, it'd be fair to argue that, but we need to have Joe on the same level at least. So. Impact would be a homecoming. It would be fun to cap off some storylines. He might have remaining on Impact. Maybe another undefeated streak as well. I also mentioned Ring of Honor. It could be a fun return. But once again, I think we need to be moving forward in a progression of a career. Instead of a a welcome back tour for Samoa Joe. We need a a brand new thing for him. But I'm looking big picture here. As I mentioned, I'm looking at New Japan. I'm looking at AEW. And I'm leaning towards AEW. New Japan would be awesome But I'm not sure how much I want to see Joe involved in a strong style wrestling match given uh, he couldn't get cleared by the WWE for his concussion issues. So if he goes into a strong style type of matchup with uh, New Japan and how they do their matches there, uh, I wouldn't be comfortable watching that to be honest with you. That that would give me the irks. But I feel AEW could be the perfect landing spot for him uh, as the biggest name. Of of this wave of releases, Tony Khan should be salivating right now the opportunity to put the TNT championship on Samoa Joe and rub it in the face of the WWE saying, look what I can do with Samoa Joe, look what you had him doing stuck on the commentary table and obviously due to injury and things like that, but never having the opportunity and never ever putting the, the, the belt and putting the WWE championship on Samoa Joe is an absolute travesty. In my opinion, Samoa Joe should have been a WWE champion at least once in his run with the WWE. But no, now going from commentating on the uh, grandest States of the all at WrestleMania to now being just straight out released by the WWE. Uh, talk about a heel turn. <laughs> if you want to talk about real life heel turns, talk about one there. And uh, I'm hoping the best for Samoa Joe. I think his spirits are high. He's he's looked in that sense, at least on his Twitter. He's saying, well, you know, well, he's 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 here and he's, he'll be all right. And uh, I think for him to go to AEW after his 90-day no-compete no clause would be the best thing for him. And then hopefully he'll be cleared by then and uh, they'll be comfortable clearing him. And if he's comfortable as well returning to the ring, uh, it would be the best thing for him to find his way, hopefully towards a TNT championship run. I would argue a W championship run, and which would be fun to see Omega and and Samoa Joe. Don't get me wrong, but I think Omega's. Doing something a little bit more special, more, a little bit bigger than pro wrestling right now than it stands with uh, just AEW and the AEW championship. So, Samoa Joe to AEW. That's my, my hope and my guess. And if not, New Japan would be fun as well. A little bit odd with a strong style. And uh, I, if it's impact is the direction he decides to go, I think that's more of an emotional move than it is a, a business move. And uh, there's no problem with that. You know, I guess to have his tour again, but hopefully it's not for too long because I want to see him back in the AEW ring with some AEW talent that that would be some next level stuff that would be awesome to see for Samoa Joe after his uh, absence from the wrestling ring with the WWE looking on to our next episode Friday night Smackdown big news coming for Friday night Smackdown Pat McAfee will be making his Smackdown Color commentator debut and uh, awesome to see with him and Michael Cole let's see how it goes I'll see how it goes I'll give you my thoughts for sure on tomorrow's episode without a doubt because I gave my thoughts on who it could possibly be. Could have been JBL. Could have been Booker T. Could have been Peter Rosenberg. Which I thought would have been fun. But Pat McAfee living the dream. Continuing to live the dream. And, it's, and he's been in a wrestling ring before. And he's put on some good matches. One match at Adam Cole. He's put on a good match at War Games. You know the, was it, the moonsault off of the top of the War Games cage. So uh, he, he's, he's done. He's been around the block a little bit with NXT. And he's been running some storylines as well. Living the dream. Uh, and, uh, you know, he has the professional athlete uh, ties along with it. Let's just hope uh, k Fabe stays <laughs> somewhat, somewhat intact throughout uh, Friday Night SmackDown. Also, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler to defend their SmackDown Tag Team titles against the Street Profits. That's all for me. For up to 15% off, please visit earthecofoodscom slash MinuteMedia and use the code MINUTE15. You can catch this podcast with all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.